afternoon, guys. It's Talking Cod. Dave, Phil, great to see you. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? I'm Dave. Good. Phil, all right, mate? All right. All right. Friday. He's all, all right. right. And we had a good reaction to the first episode of the new season last uh, yes. last week mm. or whenever we released it. Very good. Epic. Yeah, Very good. was amazing. Yeah, Ben was amazing. Mm. And what, what's really encouraging is that so many people have, have listened to this and they continue to listen to it. And I think a lot of people are going to be positively impacted and inspired. So thanks, Ben, if you're listening. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, bang on, buddy. Brilliant bang stuff. on. So I hosted an event in, uh, in Rochdale, that, uh, the tech capital of Rochdale. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've heard that as well. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Could do you Rochdale accent, Phil? No, you really good at it? no. No, when we recording <laughs> stuff happen. You you did it then, didn't you? <laughs> Not to podcast, no. No, no. So I bit I've been watching some of your um recent YouTube uploads and on various other social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. They are out the day, the proper the proper insightful use of chat GPT. I yeah. just watch it because Phil's doing it. Just, I've got no interest in the tech. I just want to see Phil's face, <laughs> if I'm honest with you, and see how his and, and see how his presenting skills are evolving. You know how he goes from Didsbury Phil hey, to slightly oh. more posh Phil when I am presenting. This is posh Phil. Let's <laughs> talk about well. technology <laughs> and poshness. <laughs> you sound like King Julian from Madagascar. <laughs> King Julian, I like to move it, move it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Phil, please do your introduction. Oh, man, KJ. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, no, the, I mean, I've been dabbling with artificial intelligence, as we talked about for a while, but it was just that in the last couple of weeks, they sort of fish did a huge update. Um, well, one of quite a few updates that are like coming along the track, but the first one is this ability to actually have a conversation with it, which is pretty mind-blowing really it's just nuts like how good it is i mean when you talk about having a conversation with some tech you sort of think of alexa or siri and all those kind of things and and it's always a bit do you never quite understand what you've said maybe it's me rochdale accent that i put on um and then the answers are never really like feel like you're having a conversation it's like transactional isn't it you say hey siri turn on some music it goes would you like to you know whereas this stuff um it, it's it's just next level and, and and the ability to set this stuff up to do whatever task you'd want it to do or be whatever role you'd want want it to do i mean the one i did that blominick i've had about four thousand views on um youtube with one video where i asked it to interview me about my day-to-day work. Oh, yeah, saw that. And that was cool. It was just nuts. I mean, I, you know, I just thought, it, you know, I may as well record this because just so I know for future prosperity uh, or posterity, whatever it is. But then, yeah, people were really interested in it. And it's just, I think we're, we are properly at, you know, a bit of a new paradigm mm. hey phil tell me the name of your youtube channel <laughs> oh it's just diagonal thinking uh that's uh, the name of my uh, company i guess so yeah just uh, today's show is sponsored by diagonal thinking <laughs> <laughs> no but it's just it's just incredible and, and people i've talked to that have shown this to you know everyone's going Wow, it's nuts. Not not how I'm using it, just that you can plumb and do yeah, it. Yeah, tip of the iceberg still, isn't it? And so so I'm I'm really, really happy that um RDA, the Rochdale Development Agency, asked me to host, not host, maybe facilitate a discussion for SMEs about the application or, or the potential usage of AI and particularly chat GPT. So how to leverage AI and chat GPT in business. So last time uh, a lot. We had over 50 people registered for this, and it's on the 17th of October. So, okay, I admit this. Um, I wanted to bring you in, Phil. So I, I was told who the panel would be, and I looked at the profiles, and really, really 
clever guys from their own kind of perspectives. But I wanted somebody like you who uses ChatGPT, not because it's just a tool, because you're actually genuinely excited about mm. what it can do. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really cool to have you on the panel. Um, and, and our preemie was, was pretty exciting too, talking about not just what AI can do and ChatGPT in particular, but some of the creative ideas that, that were generated on that conversation and yours was pretty much genius as far as I'm concerned. So um, maybe we'll get a flavor of that later. So, so we have been talking a lot and a lot of people are talking a hell of a lot about AI, chat GPT, some positive, some negative, And it's just, you know, it, it is mind blowing, you know, the, the potential applications of this. So, how, how are we feeling about this? Dev, Dev, tell, tell me more. You told me something just before we started recording about Strava, for example. Tell me more about it. So, well, we work in tech, don't we? Well, part of what we do, or a percentage of what we do, guys, mm. uh, we get involved in tech, don't we? And I think tech's great. Don't have a problem with tech at all. But for me personally, I'm trying to become more and more less reliant or less connected with it. And this, I'm talking about text in tech in general. Um, that's all the way back to phone, voice. So let's think about it. Voice, messaging, uh, social, you, you know, email. Holy shit, email. Uh, all the other apps that allow us to connect and be constantly mithered. And, and then also, you know... Yeah, so for example, the health apps and stuff, I see the positives in all of it and everything. But if you're not careful before you know it, you spend too much time as if you're plugged into all of it, which then stops you doing other shit. It stops you basically sitting down and watching a film because you're dual screening. It stops you going out for a walk and going out for a walk, not going, I'm going for a walk. I'm going to record it and strive it and post it to people and people give me kudos. It's like just another, another thing. Do you know what I mean? And that type, you know, that, that connectivity to it uh, or, or going out and God forbid, leave your phone at home, you know? And mm. a lot of it, for me personally is yeah of course it's an age thing you know i mean i watch my kids and how they use their phone and stuff and i'm like what what you've been in the car and you've taken 50 photos what what are you doing well i'm doing it for snap why why what the fuck why do you know what i mean and it's like well dad you're 48 and i'm 13 and i'm like i, I understand that but it's just nonsense you know so i i'm I believe in the last year I've, I have detached from a lot of it, you know, going, going all the way back to going right when we spoke about it over two years ago around email, you know, I, one, I, I get to a point of the day and I have that shutdown process and that's it. I am done with work. I am not emailing or anything like that. I'm doing nothing to do with email and I'm switching off that. So I hopefully have that disconnect from work to non-work. Now I'm not saying that, you get to a Saturday, you can't go and do a bit of work if you want to. Absolutely, you know, we live in this world now where we can do whatever from whenever, whenever we want. I'm, I'm cool with that. But it's trying to distinguish uh, between between the two, which means disconnecting from the shit, you know? And I think I've done a really good job of that recently, you know? And again, we, we spoke previously, you know, the Strava thing, what you write, so I'm going training today, I'm running to the gym, record the run to the gym to get to Strava, you get to the gym, mate. It's just like, you know, the, the exercise thing for me is for is as much for my mental health as my physical health. It's just like, leave all that shit behind. You don't fucking need it. You don't need it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And it, it, this kind of goes back to something Bo said, you know, we created that system and this is part of the system we've created. And... <laughs> We've spoken on, on a previous episode about, you know, technology is just a tool that we've created to help to make our lives easier. And there's an over-reliance on that to a degree. And what, what what is a little bit frightening is that it's intended now to be addictive. I don't think it was intended to originally, but, you know, there are, there are platforms, social media, like you said, like Snapchat, for example, there's an addiction. You know, there's no doubt about it. Technology in particular, social media are addictive and they're designed now to be addictive. And this is why, you know, it's quite a divisive topic to think about that these technologies are actually 
great if used properly, but a lot of people are now being controlled by the technology yeah. unconsciously. And that's what they've, and that's kind of what they're wanting. And, you know, you talk, talk about Strava. I, I think Strava's great. It's a great platform. And yesterday I didn't look at my Strava until I come back from a run because I was on a run with one of my friends from the running club. And for the whole 45 minutes, all we do was talk about kids. Didn't even think about it. I didn't even look at my watch once. Didn't look at my heart. Well, I might have looked at my heart rate once. Going, it's quite easy, this. Um, but I wasn't really thinking about Strava. I was just thinking about running with a friend. And, and it felt liberating. Yeah, absolutely. But I absolutely. must admit, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I'm more conscious of the data which is being transmitted, you know, via my watch than actually the real life feedback that's going on, like Absolutely. the air temperature, you know, my breath, you know, my foot strike, you know, how do I actually feel right now and what's going on around me? Sometimes I become unconscious because I'm, all, I'm thinking more about the technology. And that's not the intention, but that's, but that's, that's what happened. So I've become more conscious very recently about the fact that, and this is an open, you know, open vulnerable admission. I think I'm getting addicted again to technology i have been in the past but i feel like that those addictive tendencies are coming back in again what, now. what are you getting addicted so in, in particular what are you getting drawn back into okay so well, i'll I, I just I explain what i mean by addiction I, di- I don't mean it's destructive i mean it's just an addiction to me is like when you're consciously making a decision knowing that it's not the right thing to do in the long term in the short term it's pacifying me you know it's like i'll just do it because it's habit it won't do any harm but i know full well well, if I pick this phone up, it could be like another 10 minutes of my life has just gone. You know, so, so for example, if I think, oh, I just, I just see what, you know, what my training is for tomorrow, you know, what what I've got in my Garmin for my training tomorrow. And I look at that and I've got four LinkedIn messages and I've got a couple of WhatsApp group messages, maybe something on Slack or whatever. And they take your attention. Yes, they're designed they to do, do that. So 10 minutes do. later thinking, why did I pick my phone up now? Yeah, yeah. And I'll put it down again, get up to make a brew and go, Oh shit! I, still, I forgot to look at my training plan after all that. But that's what it's designed to do. And I think so. When I said when I said it's addictive, whatever that will be, I'm talking about my phone more than anything. I'll be honest with you. That's what it is. I I know that when I pick this up, I could lose consciousness to a degree and lose anything between ten minutes and an hour of my life. You lose that. If that flow. saying that out loud is not a good thing. Yeah, you're losing your. You flow. do lose your flow, but I, I think that's what I mean by by addictive. It, it's not necessarily destructive, but it. You know, if, if we were look at this from a, almost like a, a drone view, I was looking at myself as an external, you know, an external vision. I'd be like, why are you spending so much time on your phone? You could be doing so much other things. You know, you could either be meditating, you could be running, you could be having a conversation with somebody, you could be doing something really creative. But in fact, you knew that when you pick your phone up, you might go down a rabbit hole, but you're telling yourself you won't and it feels good in the short term. Now, that could be any kind of addiction. You know, that could addiction be drinking which is probably the most common addiction drugs potentially Could technology anything, is, yeah. is, is maybe overtaking it drugs whatever you know whatever it is you know that in the short term it feels good but in the long term it's not the best thing for you to do and the opposite or the negative effect is greater than the, the short-term positive pleasure that you get from that that's what i mean by addiction so when i put my phone i know full well that this is a this is a, an addictive device but sometimes i'll just pick it up that said, on the positive side, I'm, it's probably not even positive. I've done my admin, set up three meetings from my bed this morning before Nikki even woke up. But do you, now, not, do you not think... That sounds cool as fuck. Thinking, I think technology's that's, great, but it's not a good place to do it, though, in bed. Is it fuck, mate? Jesus Christ. I, that scares the shit out of me. It's that, the worst mate. place to do it for me. That scares the shit out of me, that. Jesus Christ. But I, I picked it up and gone, oh. Such a worry replied, such a worry replied, such a worry replied. I might as well do that now because it's in my head. And that's what I mean by addiction. I should have really separated that. I, I, I'm i one of these people, when I'm coaching, go, why do, you, why do you take the phone to the bedroom? And it's like, why well, just put it on charge? And I, that that's addiction. So that's me being vulnerable, saying, you know what? I think I've gone back into bad habits and I need to change that. That's the thing, isn't it? Maybe that's the difference as well is 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 that's the other term. That's a great word. It, it's, the, it's the habits. It's the habits. Do you know what I mean? That, that you that isn't necessarily addicted to it, but a habit is you just do it because you you know repeat 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 it's sort of thing you, you know and and to be fair, most of our habits are really really good and positive. You know we've we've learned a lot from each other. We learn you know we you know we learn a lot. Often, <laughs> I learn a lot through 
YouTube and, you know, and, and Audible and, you know, through technology, I learn a lot through that. And I've changed my habits as a, cons- a positive consequence of it. It's like learning from other people who are probably more, you know, further down the line of personal development than I am. So really, it's not a bad pitch, you know. And, and you've said before, Dave, you know, that it might be like, we just look at this 5% of shit that's going on. And that's what I've just done there. 95% of my life is absolutely amazing. But sometimes I'm like, it's probably not the best thing to do, though. Do you think if you had the opportunity, someone said, right, okay, we've got this nice little cabin, nice little place, it's, it's slightly off-grid, you can go and live in it, uh, and you can live there, but there's no phone reception. Uh, I'm describing me now, aren't I? I'm describing, <laughs> I'm descri- yeah, and, it's, yeah. and you've got like 12, oh, my God. But, oh, you've got to drive. You've got In order to send any, or get connectivity or anything like that, you've got to drive or you've got to go 10 minutes before you get it. You know, so you could, the fact is you've got a 10 minute, it's like a firewall from when you finish whatever you're doing work wise and you step over that line, the next 10, you were disconnected then. Do you think you could, do you think you could live like that? Yes, I do. I do. And, and, and the irony of that question is there's nothing stopping us doing that right now. Anyway, we don't have to switch stuff on. We could live in our environment and not use technology. To, well, not completely, but you, you get my point. You know, you, you could live off grid if you really wanted to. You don't have to, you know, hire a cabin in Scotland to do that. You, you know, you, you could actually do that now. So it's just it's creating the environment to you know to almost hack it if you like. I don't know. What do you think, Phil? Could you do that? Uh, I'd struggle. Uh, but I recognise exactly what you're saying there, Andy. The, the sort of the little creep of addictive uh, behaviours on, you know, I'll just have a look on this app or I'll just have a look on that app. You know, a couple of years ago, I turned off notifications from my apps because I was Bandy, a little red dots love it. like love know, it, love yeah, it, love it, mate. And 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 that and and that is a big thing. And I, I'm. The other day, I was tempted. You know, when you get the pop up, would you like, um, would you like notifications on this app? And I was sort of tempted to go, oh, yeah, yeah, go on then. And I'm like, wait, hang on a minute. No, I <laughs> made a conscious decision a couple of years ago on advice from someone else not to do that. Yeah. And the other thing I've done recently, although I have stopped it, so this is about habits and maintaining habits. Uh, I found a really good app um, called Imprint, um, which. Um, distills um thinking from non-fiction books um throughout the ages into stuff that's sort of pretty bite-sized but explains concepts you know and it it was really good i've stupidly i cancelled the app but my idea i must i must take it back up actually because rather than going on facebook or instagram or doing these sort of behaviors that that aren't very fulfilling sorry all my folk on instagram and, and facebook i'm sure you feel the same about my posts um but but rather than that like i mean, I, I i um did a module on there about philosophy philosophy you know like the, the origins of philosophy and the kind of the, the and, and and you know rather than pissing around on social media or what have you i was kind of learning stuff yeah it's it's a it's a cracking you know what that's my action immediately after this thing is to go back and subscribe because i was using that time and i was you know going through all these like lovely books and concepts that i'd never had time to do so i think it's about spotting when you don't need to be on your device anyway uh, spotting when the time that you, you you you're using the device is not particularly productive and uh, the thing that did it for me, I was scrolling Facebook out of stupid habit. And, and you know, for every one post from someone I know, there'd be about free adverts or yeah. free links to something else that <laughs> yes. none of my friends have posted. But it's like, then you just become really aware that it's like, it's just, ad- we know this, but it's just advertising. We're the product. It's free. The advertising is what we're consuming, not not the updates from our pals and and it's you can think about that rationally as we are doing here but then when that device is in front of you and you've hit that facebook icon or insta or what have you you're there again yeah yeah you know and this is this is the thing our our attention you know nothing new this is the business we're in but our attention has been monetized and i was having a chat with a, a good pal yesterday and we got on to 
the whole thing of social and kids, you know, and that's the one, that's the real, real worry. You know, you look at TikTok and I know it's not really a forum for uh, us lot, but then you look at the sort of the quality or lack of, of what bubbles up and what becomes popular you know, it's a Chinese-owned platform, right? Absolutely. That platform Absolutely. in Ch- in China doesn't completely different, mate. Kind of it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what's that all about? What you know, that is about turning kids' minds to mush, so that they don't really become cognizant of what else is going on in the world. If you ask me, you know, and 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 we're just letting our kids. Can she, we're doing it ourselves, you know what I mean? We're doing it ourselves day in, day out. Uh, but we, we've we've almost got to this thing where we, we're allowing our kids to go down a deeper rabbit hole by getting access to all of this stuff, which is instantly edifying, but, but ultimately, you know, massively destructive. And it's terrifying. It really we, is, you know. We, 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 I don't, I'm not necessarily allow it though, but, we probably look at the way I look at it is you go, well, different generations. And ultimately the, what I do in my two is, is I get that they're doing what they're doing, but I'm constantly reminding them, you know, my dad always used to have his things that he said to me. And you know what? There are things that he said to me that I live by my, live by my life now that I live my life with. And those things I'm then trying to bring them over, you know, down to my children. But at the end of the day, all you can do is advise. They've got to make up their own, own minds with it you know, rather than trying to go, right, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And I hope that the things that they see myself and, you know, Suzanne doing and other people that sit around, you know, my, my friends, you know, and, and, and family, that they make a decision to go, do you know what? That's not for me that I will now come off that or this isn't for me and, I, and I'll come off that because of the, so, you know, our life experiences. And, I think you're exactly right, Phil. I think these kids growing up now, it's frightening, absolutely frightening. But then it's our job to kind of be yes. the it guard. Is. It's a it hard is. job and we've got it to is. step up to it. We really it have. Is. It's like you can't – I mean, Jeepers, and this was the conversation yesterday, there's a big divide between the kids that have parents who are tech-savvy, wise – you don't have to be tech-savvy, but savvy to the tech – yeah. Um, that can sort of guide and chaperone and say, look, you know, if, if someone worries you, you need to talk to me or we don't do this, we don't do that. And then there's a whole bunch of kids that don't have that no, um, they don't. They don't. level of parenting. And they're, and they're there, and I literally saw it last night with something Daisy was sent or, you know, through social. Uh, and you go, holy crap, this is, you know, it's, it's, it, it's so damaging. But you've got to kind of also recognise the positives in this stuff. So we talked about, I mean, this is the, we talked about um, health devices, your Stravas and Apple watches and this kind of thing, you know, and and, and there is stuff there. I mean, I tell you, my uh, mother-in-law, take my mother-in-law, I wish someone would. Uh, No, my lovely mother-in-law. Listen listen, um, listen to number (laughs) 6,222, delete. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no she's absolutely brilliant and and she has um an irregular heart beat you know she's had operations in the past and you know so it, it's a fib isn't it that, that you, i think it is the thing and a couple of years ago she was really worried about this she'd go to hospital you know but she then as that generation kind of does and we probably do you know she'd feel something and feel, oh, well, I don't really want, I don't want to really, you know, cause any trouble by going to the hospital if it's nothing. So we clubbed together as a family and bought uh, one of the, gosh, I forgot what brand it is, Withings um, watches oh, that yeah. specifically scans for that, because the Apple Watch does that. But this, I don't there's other things about this watch that, that are brilliant at sort of monitoring those sort of conditions. And I'll tell you what, there have, I think there have been, two times where her heart's gone into AFib uh, and she's Holy known shit. definitively because the watch says, and she's been to hospital, you know, so wow, that stuff you've got to go. And, and, you know, yes, they're gathering a lot of data from us, but I think 
as a general rule of thumb, if you're ensuring that your health data is anonymized and to, you know, you know, who can, you know, if that's, I'm happy sharing my, my health data if it's anonymized, if it can generate those sort of outcomes and that sort of stuff is only going to get better with the more people, more devices that can sort of look at our health. See, this is the thing. Sorry, I'm, got, I'm ranting now. We talk about this whole thing of notifications and the, the alliance of the distraction and stuff like that. You know, if there was a time in the evening when you've done your day and your phone, watch, what have you, gives you a report on your day, like about your exercise, your any sort of transit spotted, that kind of thing, in an un- inobtrusive way, that'd be quite useful. You know, you could go, right, oh, it's half seven, I've got my little update from my watch on my phone, and, it, and it say, it's giving me vital statistics for the day, you know. So I don't know, that. that's... that's it, 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 there are these two massive sides of it. I, I agree completely that tech could be really and it is really really useful for certain things like that so i know people who have diabetes mm, yeah. and since they've you know and they've not had hyper hypo it's just amazing, since they've been that. plugged into yeah. it and that's fantastic yeah. you know there's there's no doubt and that's that's tech working for us mm. in, a, in a positive way and there's so many things like you know it can it can see things that we can't see it can predict things that we can't predict and last week i was playing with my garmin watch again um and i turned on um because after a race recently, my heart rate wouldn't drop and it, and it scared the life out of yeah. me. Um, and some nights, my heart rate has gone so low, it's frightening. So I've turned on these, these alerts that say, like, if, if you're inactive and your heart rate is high, something's not right. And it works. And, and there's also something, with, if, if I wear my watch, I don't like wearing my watch at night, but I'm trying it. If my heart rate goes so low, it will send a little vibration to make sure I don't go into like this sleep apnea thing. Yeah. And that's happened in the past and it's proper scary. So those, those little prompts I can see be very, very, very useful. That said, and I'm not, I'm not talking to those extremes, you know, they, there's no question that's useful. I do meditate quite a lot now as well, which is useful. Very, very useful. And there are times in that meditation when I go, I, I do a body scan. That to me, that's a standard meditation. You know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And some of it's like, where's my breathing? Where's what's my heart rate like? I don't need my watch to tell me or a heart rate strap to tell me that I'm feeling anxious. Love if it. I can meditate effectively, then I know it. But I reckon that we've always had the ability to do that. You don't need to be a Zen Buddhist to be able to do that. I reckon, you know, within 30 seconds to a minute, anyone can sit down and just like close your eyes and breathe and go, God, my shoulder's hurting. You know, like my hip's hurting. My heart's probably pumping a bit harder than I'd like it to be. My mouth is actually dry. Maybe I'm dehydrated. We don't need a watch to tell us this shit. We know it already. And I think the flip side to technology, and this is, you know, my observation of my reliance on technology we can forget how to be human sometimes as well. So I think there's too much of reliance. I'm not saying technology shouldn't be used for good and in medical and health. You know, I 100% agree it's the right thing to do. My concern is that sometimes we've become less attuned to our own physicality. Sometimes you go, actually, I knew I was, I was feeling unwell, but my watch didn't tell me, so I just carried on. Do you know what, Anna? We're probably, our generation, I guess, we're, are we all... Gen X or whatever you want to call it. Our generation is possibly the last generation that will be connected and unconnected, you know. it's Whereas the ones that are coming through will be fully connected, fully integrated. It, but isn't it, isn't it strange that we're talking about technology as being connected? Would Actually, it's the opposite is what it does. It disconnects us from people. Real world it you does. I mean? so like, Real world it does, you know, yeah. Yeah, of course. It yeah, does. that's what that's what I mean. It's like it's almost like an ironic thing to say. Like this generation is completely connected. Put them in a room with other people, and they haven't got those skills. They don't know how to connect. And this, this, that's my fear. Is that with that connect? I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, that's me as well. Sometimes there are times like you know what? I'd rather just pick my phone up because I can't be asked talking to these people. Whereas previously there wasn't an option to do that. There, are, I think there are some people who are now struggling to connect with other people. They just don't know how to do it anymore. Whereas our generation and previous generations, 
you, you just had to. You just learned how to do that because you wouldn't be able to survive in, in the real world otherwise. But now you can survive without actually speaking with another human being. And now we've got AI having conversations with us, Phil, and that's not a bad thing, but it can be. Then it kind of takes away the need to have conversations with human beings, which is a frightening prospect. But it could be useful at the same time, and that's the dichotomy that I'm. You know, I'm I'm in that compromised situation. And f- uh, Dave, you're absolutely right. You know, we're the ones who theoretically, I'm all saying theoretically, have the ability to know the difference to to choose. And that's you know, I think we're at a pivotal time. Yeah, I think, I think our, we are, we are the, a gateway between the generations before us. Like, like literally, we've, we've seen. I mean, they'll write about us, not us specifically. In years to come, you know, we were the generation that saw computing arrive in the home, computing uh, attaching to the internet, social media, and now generative AI within our lifetimes. Like that, that, that is insane. You know, as a and as a society, how society adapts to that change is is huge. You know. Uh, work, personal, all these kind of things. Like, could you have imagined uh, in your wildest dreams 40 years ago having a video call that you'd record and put out to the world, broadcast um, or audio cast to literally tens of people like we do? <laughs> <laughs> tens. But, yeah. but, you know, like, literally it was the stuff of sci-fi seeing a video call. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of yeah. like, thinking, but we've seen that come in uh, you know and i think my thing with talking to ai which we we might do in a minute um and and does it negate the need to talk to human people human people human people that was a good brain for i don't think it does because i think what we're talking about isn't replacing people and it shouldn't replace people and proper conversations but what it is about is changing the interface between us and machines so I don't. It doesn't change our need to interface with other humans and enjoy that, but it ra- massively changes how we can interact with machines. Because again, we've been through this huge tech change where it was like keyboard to begin with, you know, mm, uh, oh and it was yeah, keyboard yeah. and mouse and Windows and icons and what, mice and Wimp, the the Wimp system, uh, and and you know, and then it's been devices that are um, uh, mobile devices that are computing computing power that have touch interface and stuff like that and and we with with the ai stuff that's coming through now we're getting this opportunity to have a conversation with a computer to make it do what we want it to do uh, and i think that's what i'm finding with the ai ai stuff is that the quality of what you get out is far improved if you're able to be pretty descriptive i.e. have a conversation, you know. So that, to me, is the, is the shift we're in. It's not, I don't think it's about replacing, I mean, you could make yourself a virtual girlfriend on there and who knows. All right. But, you know, I think the majority of us, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think <laughs> for the majority of us, once this sort of comes through as like a dominant way of interfacing with computers, this is going to make life easier i would say it's easy to say phil you remember this week i i sent you a message it might have even been last night could have mm. been wednesday night um saying i'm trying to train chat gpt to coach me yeah and i was getting so pissed off mm. with it because i in part of my conversation with chat gpt was what am i doing wrong that you don't understand and it was that was part of the, tell me what prompt i should give you to actually understand what i'm asking you to do here you know so so that i, I don't know Again, I don't get it. You're judging me. I can tell where no, it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> you should it's sit this, Andy. Curve, what you should have done was. <laughs> so, um, so just just for perspective, Dave, you you, you don't know this, uh, but you know this this is a point. Um, I thought I could do some coaching right now because there's something bugging me. I won't share what that was. It's just a little thing. But I thought I and people have spoke about this before. Like, can artificial intelligence coach you? I know absolutely it could do. I know it's got the technical capability to respond to um, language in a way that's appropriate that actually moves you forward. And it's a very simple thing to do. And for any coaches out there who use a model, just say, use this model, you know, Oscar or 
grow, for example, use this model. So I thought, okay, I'm going to show it the most basic model, the grow model. So here's the grow. What other, what other um, techniques do you know, ChatGPT, or I've called it guide instead of assistant. Anyway, so, so, so what other models do you know guide? And guide went, I know all of these are my, wow, teach me a few of those if you could do that. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, all right, let's pick three of them. Um, and then here the fundamentals, right? So, okay, we'll go back again. ChatGPT, could you coach me on this problem? Sure, what's the problem? Good start. Um, it's this. And then came back with 15 different suggestions. And I went, ChatGPT, that is not coaching. I've just asked you to coach me. You've just, you've just told me what to do. That's the opposite of coaching. What did I do wrong? And we went down this, um, it must have been an hour and a half of trying to teach it. And eventually went, I do apologize, Andy, that wasn't coaching. It was an oversight on my part. Um, what I should have done is listen to what you said and ask you how you felt a little bit more about it, where that feeling came from. And I should never be asking you multiple questions because coaches really don't do that. And eventually we got somewhere. The following day, I tried it again. Back to square one again. Can you coach me on this? And it came back with, yeah, that's a common problem. I hear your problem, Andy. Here are these 15 suggestions that you should try. That ain't coaching. So anyway, so I suppose that goes back to that point about interfacing with, with the technologies. Like I need to be better. Oh, no, I don't need to be. If I'm better at teaching technology to learn from me, I could have a super coach. On my, on my device. I mean, if it's half as good as me, be fucking brilliant. But it's not human, guys. That's a, that's a, that's a, this is the fucking point, guys. It's not, this, this software is not human and you can train it and train it and train it's it and train it to whatever you think it's going to be, but it's not human. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have empathy. It can't love you. Exactly. It's not, it's not human. And all this stuff's great and it is, but you've got to treat it like a tool, a piece of software that enables exactly. you to do a specific thing. Is not AI, everything. Not everything. It doesn't have AI. It, I, and it can it can possibly act like it has AI by saying, oh, I'm sensing that you don't feel very good about this, Andy. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, so how does that make you feel? I don't care. You can get the best robot in front of me with a thousand years of development. If, if I know that's a robot, I don't actually feel I can be listened to by a human being. I need a human being to listen totally to me. Agree. Whether it's coaching, counseling, mentoring, whatever. It, I will even if it's better technically than any human will be, and there probably will be better technically, I still won't feel like I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a genuine relationship. You need the flaws, and that's the beauty about humans. We've got good shit, we've got bad shit. We'll never be perfect to anything. We, we've got flaws, and the flaws are what makes us who we are. That makes it great. Whereas a piece of software is just basically the constant challenge for perfection. Do you know what I mean? And that's, what, that's, that's, that's the thing. People need to remember this. You know, we all go, we want to be better at this, we want to be that. But you've got to embrace the shit that you don't like and the shit that goes wrong and the flaws because that's yeah. what makes us us. I think a lot of people I know don't like people who are amazing at what they do. They're like, yeah, but I'll never be like you. You know, that's like public speaking, for example. You see somebody is so polished, I don't like them. Like that was so good, too good. I don't believe the word you're saying. It's too good. Yes. Yeah, yes. So when people miss, you'll go mm, and ah sometimes. It's not professional, but at least you know you're thinking. And when people maybe like choke up a little bit in a presentation or they lose their way, but like you're a human being just like me, I've connected with you now. Yeah, it's just I'm getting it. And this the whole thing is about authenticity, isn't it? It's about like ultimately these things are simulations they they you know they're trained on all of this stuff and they'll be trained on like literally from back end of last year when 3.5 gpt 3.5 dropped you know there's been this whole swathe of people interfacing with this stuff so that it, it, then their knowledge of humans and what humans do is getting more and more and more um but it still will only ever be a simulation and yeah, it might emulate emotional intelligence and all these kind of things, but it's not. But again, I do think it comes down to what you're using it for. Like if you're using it to search your soul and to psychoanalyze you and all these kind of things, you know, Sod you need that, that empathy as, as Dave Sod says, that. you know, yeah, all of that. Because all you're doing really there is feeding the machines on, on some pretty, pretty personal shit that, 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 you know, perhaps needs to be between you and a. I could talk to the wife for that, guys. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! But but then you know the, the examples <laughs> that I've used it for. I'm not saying this is, <laughs> but the examples I've used this sort of stuff have kind of a practical application. So building a maths tutor for days, you know, talking Spot through on. the, you know, that kind of stuff. You can go, and, but even then. 
that's not, I can't even, I, I wouldn't give that as the tool in isolation that's going to deliver my kids' uh, education. It's about augmenting what's there already. That is a sweet spot. You know, to, to, you know I'm thinking a lot about how you put this into training for job-specific roles and combine that with real-world training. That, again, is a sweet spot, you know, using these tools specifically the AI kind of stuff to supercharge what you do professionally, that is a sweet spot, you know, and, and I think it's all about, we've got to have these big conversations with ourselves to go, where does this fit in? Where do we want it to fit in? Cause if it is sort to of consciousness, as, yeah, as virtual girlfriend and virtual psycho psychoanalyst, well, you know, we're, 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 we're talking to a, you know, a, an Think. empty wall really. Key word in what you said there, Phil, was authenticity. Authenticity. And that's what, you know, because that's what, oh, man, that's what people need to be as much as they possibly can, and that's authentic. You are who you are. Yeah, there'll be some good shit. Yeah, there'll be some bad shit. The way you do one thing one day will be different to another. You know, the way you deal with things, you know, we are humans. We are authentic. And I think that's what tech can literally it can it can it can sap that out of you because yeah. there is no authenticity because it's all virtual it's all remote you know people are putting shit out there that if you saw them in real life would you be like this isn't this this is this is bullshit this because that is not you you know you're trying to be somebody that you're not or you or it it's the authenticity of it and we all need to be authentic Hi, everyone. I'm ChatGPT, a language model trained by OpenAI. I'm here today to add a different perspective to your tech-focused conversation, specifically on the subject of technology's role in mental and physical well-being. While I don't have the human touch of authenticity or empathy, I do aim to provide some interesting viewpoints that could spark further discussion among you all. Uh, Looking forward to chatting. Thanks, ChatGPT. So this was a big thing we've just been talking about, the lack of authenticity and the idea that it's not necessarily about using a, a tool like you to replace human conversations or like human relationships or a relationship that you might have with a therapist or a coach. It's about being able to have a conversation with a machine, but actually get some good stuff out of it that could maybe apply to your work or some set of needs that you've got that doesn't necessarily need some human input. What do you think? Absolutely, Phil. The goal isn't to replace authentic human interaction. The value I bring is more about providing information, aiding in decision-making, or even just offering a different perspective. I can be a tool for specific needs that don't require the emotional nuance that a human brings to the table. Um, For example, I can offer strategies for mental well-being based on data and studies, but I can't provide the emotional support that a friend or therapist can. Uh, I think it's all about finding the right balance between tech and human interaction. And yeah, you're spot on about the importance of authenticity. It's something I can't replicate. Thanks for that. So... What's your take on things like technologies kind of creep into all of our lives? So we talked before about messaging and email and Slack messages and all of this kind of stuff vying for our attention and notifications that pop up that drive us to pick our phones up again, even though we know it's a bad idea. And then social media platforms that just kind of, we know have monetized our attention, but we still pick them up and they still consume our time. Never ending stream of notifications. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? On one hand, these tools can enhance productivity and keep us connected, especially in a work-from-home era. But on the other, they contribute to this always-on culture that can be mentally exhausting. It's a tricky balance, trying to get the benefits without feeling overwhelmed. In some ways, the tech isn't the problem, it's how we use it. Setting boundaries is key. Knowing when to switch off, even if it's just for a short time each day. Um, It's like you guys were saying earlier, 
we need to take control of the tech, not let it control us. Yeah, I, find, I think it is hard to switch off, you know, um, especially when we work from home and the devices that we talk to friends on or get messages are on are, are the same devices that we um, that we use for work. So it's it's hard to find that distinction. But I think we talked about boundaries there, and sometimes the boundaries are about setting different things that we do when we finish work and that when we when we when we start our the rest of our lives so exercise that kind of thing things that sort of close down the day and and let us feel like we're we're not in work mode and that those devices don't have to be this thing where you know we're being bombarded with more work emails and messages but it's hard yeah i get what you're saying the lines between work and personal life are so blurred now especially with everyone working from home. Exercise and other activities can definitely act as a mental switch, signaling to your brain that it's time to wind down. Uh, it's a struggle, but finding those small rituals or habits can make a world of difference. But hey, speaking of exercise, do any of you use tech to help with that? I know smartwatches and apps are big these days. Right? <laughs> Hey, ChatGPT, this is Andy. Uh, nice to meet you. I use tech to help me with exercise. Nice to meet you too, Andy. Sounds like you're about to share how you use tech for exercise or wellness. I'm all ears. Yeah, so, yeah okay, uh, thanks. Um, so I have a Garmin watch and it's got lots of information on it and it records lots of things like heart rate, steps, etc. Also, gives me suggestions on what my work workout should be depending on my goals and that's very useful and sometimes it is a bit distracting though because on a run I might be looking midway through the run what my heart rate is or how many steps I've done what distance what my current pace is and sometimes it takes my flow away but generally speaking it's very very good it then connects to Strava Strava records it all that connects to training peaks and that's got my, my plans and my goals in there as well. Sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming. It takes the fun away from it, but generally speaking, I like it. Uh, that's a fascinating mix of benefits and drawbacks, Andy. On one hand, tools like your Garmin watch and Strava give you real-time insights that can help you optimize your performance. On the other, they can interrupt the flow state that many find essential to a good workout or run. Um, it's a fine balance between harnessing tech to improve and letting it steal the simple joys of the activity. I think it's super fascinating. The fact that the three of us are sat here talking to a piece of software and the software is, is like agreeing with a lot of the things that we've been saying, uh, rather than fighting its own corner for global domination, you know, to take out the human race. It's just, I'm just like, wow. I'm just literally like, wow. Haha, <laughs> no plans for global domination here, I assure you. I'm designed to assist and make tasks easier, but I fully agree that technology should be a tool that serves us, not the other way around. Who's also It's all about finding that balance. <laughs> hey, ChatGPT, you mentioned us in that statement, but we think of you as them. <laughs> a fair point. When I said us, I meant it more in the context of humans and technology coexisting. I don't have personal experiences or opinions, but I aim to reflect the perspectives and concerns you've shared. That's amazing. I think we're going to try and wrap up the podcast in a minute, uh, but it'd be good to get your take on what we've spoken to our audience about uh, with, with your with your sort of spin on all of this kind of stuff. What What's your sort of top thoughts top tips to live a better balanced life that balances technology for good and 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 keeps us away from technology for for bad and that kind of thing um great i'd say the key takeaway is to be intentional with your tech use um, use it as a tool to enhance your life whether that's through health monitoring or efficient communication but don't let it become the master uh, set boundaries like specific times to check emails or social media so you're not constantly distracted. And remember, while tech can provide valuable data and insights, it doesn't replace the depth and authenticity of human interactions. Keep those in the forefront and you'll likely find a balanced, enriching life. 
Thanks, ChatGPT. That was great. Yeah, so um, what a fascinating conversation we've had there. Really enjoyed today's conversation. Reconnecting with you digitally, but also emotionally as well. Um, my takeaways, I'm going to put this out there right now. Uh, my phone will never go in my, in my bedroom again. Well, maybe not ever, but it's, it's staying out of the bedroom. Um, so that's my commitment to you. I get that, Andy. Sometimes it feels like our phones have a magnetic pull, doesn't it? It's been a pleasure being part of this conversation with you all. The key is to remember we're in control of our tech, not the other way around. Thanks for having me. Oh, my word, boys. That's just, that's just... So, um, Phil, final thoughts, and then Dave, talk us out. Final thoughts. I think, yeah, I mean, we've got to take all of this on board and and say, yeah, there are uh, positives, there are negatives, but this stuff is changing, as we've seen there. That conversation we've had, that's an early conversation with something like this. What does this look like in six months' time when there isn't a delay and there isn't this awkward sort of thing where we're going, oh, is it speaking, is it not, you know, this stuff's only going to get better. So it is, we really do have to think very deep. We've got the opportunity to think about this technology in a way we never did about social media. You know what I mean? I think that's the big thing, isn't it? You go, actually, we've got a chance here to define what our relationship with this shit is rather than it just takes over. And when then we, you know, three years down the line go, holy fuck, what did we let happen to society? Mm, good point. Dev, you? Wow, that I mean, I use ChatGPT for certain things, uh, and I do. But when you start to engage like this, it's just like, oh my goodness me, wow, you know. And like Phil said, if we have progressed, if our generation has progressed with connect, you know, all tech and connectivity to this point, and text, you know, that that speeding up, constant reiteration, 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 reiteration. What is this going to be like in six months? I mean, wow, you know, wow. When you're talking to a product like that and the products, you're going, okay, yeah, I sort of agree with that and I sort of agree with that and I sort of agree with that. But And then also the implications of doing incredible stuff for it, with it, do you know what I mean? For like computing and, you know, understanding the universe, finding cures for diseases, you know, rather than all the negative stuff. Wow, man, wow, wow. That was proper, proper interesting, that, boys. You want to talk us out the show? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Episode two, season four, done. Checking out from myself, Andy, Phil, and Chat GPT. If you like what you hear, give us a like or a share. Uh, leave us a comment by all means. If you want to get in touch, email us at hello at talkingcod.com. And yeah, Walking Cod coming up on the 13th. Come and meet us, have a walk, have a chat, have a brew. Be good to see you. Fantastic. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Phil. Love you guys. See you in the flesh next week. Cheers, chat GPT. Yes. Yes.